Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, IDP Army. Everything about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast, too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. Possums, welcome to the show. As usual, I'm here with Josh. You can follow him at Josh Hall STL. And Billy, you can follow him at Ombre Vendor. And Jordan, we got a special guest. We got the boss in the house tonight to help us out with our AFC North previews. You can follow him at 50 Shades of Drunk. Go buy an NFT from him. Get some shirts. They got (laughs) pairs on them, man. They're dope. So get on there. Like I said, we are going to be previewing the AFC North today. Um, but while you're at it, while you're listening, go to YouTube, the IDP Army, click subscribe, get some Etsy wear at Semi Pro Fantasy. Yeah, we're all over. So we'll have everything linked up. You guys can find us wherever. But give us a follow. If you enjoy the show, leave us a review, give us some feedback. We are happy to have it. And uh, myself, I'm Joe. You can follow me at OP Joe. Guys, welcome to bang, the AFC bang. North preview. Yes. We're back. Division previews are back. Big shit popping. What's up? Happy to be here, guys. We decided to combine these shows instead of each kind of all tackling it from opposite points of views and giving you guys a lot of maybe contrived content. We're just going to put it on one show. Um, We will break it down, um, hopefully a little bit by teams or by players for the YouTube channel as well. So keep an eye out for that. But yeah, I'm glad to be here. You guys, looks like this is the first Wednesday night of eight. Is my yep. math right on that? So yep, one of eight. There's eight lots of Wednesday stuff. nights. There, there are eight divisions now. All right. Well, um, oh no, 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 no. I get to talk. You guys put me last for a reason. I get to say well, one we're thing. I'm gonna let you yeah. do it. But go ahead. Um, I actually don't have anything. I just wanted to. Yeah, I didn't I think wanted, you did. I just wanted to undercut you there, Bill. Uh, nice no, to be here. Nice to undercut, Bill. Uh, no, happy yeah, Wednesday, we, folks. We we appreciate it. Well. We're going to forego any news. There wasn't really any big news that happened uh, this week, in my opinion. I mean, we could talk about the goofy Jack Peterson, Tommy Fan thing, like every other fantasy show is doing right now, just to, I don't know, do what everybody else is doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> content in June, I guess. But, I mean, what? who cares? Like, honestly, who cares? There's actually um, a whole lot of camp news out there. I don't know if you're you're aware. There's a ton of we're camp getting news. a lot of that. I've seen Traylon Burks is attacking camp, and like I've I've seen a lot of things. So oh, like, Ryan camp. Looks great. Somebody defend camp. Traylon <sighs> Burks is coming. I know exactly. Literally, that's what we're talking about here. So OTAs are happening. They're fun to watch. There's not really 
anything that we're taking away from them. There's players skipping OTAs altogether. Miles Garrett's gathering all of the defensemen and headed down to Miami to train. There's really not much going on this week. So we are just going to dive straight into the previews. Um, I know this seems early, but to get through all eight of them, we need to start them early because that's two months worth of division previews to do. So first one they're going to do is the AFC North. Uh, that's the Bengals, Browns, Steelers, and Ravens. Josh, you want to kick us off? A throw, the throw off. We were going to have me last, but I, I have, I have, I have the Ravens. I go first. I oh, would gladly go first and undercut Jordan, but you know he is a guest on our podcast. I'm so ready. Let's go ahead and get Jordan up. He seems All like right. he, I had yeah. a 25. Uh, I had a, how, how did Josh? I had a 75 percent chance of guessing that right, and I, I didn't. Still didn't. Oh, know. Billy, you're not looking at the notes. Failed, man. We're yeah, sure, a little... sure didn't. My guess. comprehension. Anyway, Jordan, kick us off the first preview of this season. All right, so we're going to talk about the Baltimore Ravens. Um, not a great year for them. Eight and nine. <clears throat> um, Lamar Jackson struggled with injury. That was probably the most notable thing about the season really is kind of why they struggled after, you know, a couple of good years. Um, the notable ads this year, the most notable ad in my opinion was getting Kyle Hamilton in the draft. Um, there were points in time when people thought that he would be, you know, a top two, three, four pick five pick, maybe that he ends up falling to them late in the first. So that's a good addition to their secondary. <clears throat> but the team did lose quite a few players this year to the offseason. They lost Hollywood Brown, who went out to Arizona. And they lost Sammy Watkins, who went to the Green Bay Packers. Not that he made much of a difference, but he's still gone. And then they lost to Sean Elliott. Um, I forget where he went. Maybe it was Jacksonville. I need to double-check that. But as far as the coaching staff, it's still Jim Harbaugh um, – or John Harbaugh, sorry. And um, – the, the, the offensive coordinator is still Greg Roman. So it's it's not a lot of change for this team. I don't really know how I feel about that overall. I mean, not like the formula wasn't working, but last year, you know, Lamar Jackson struggled with injury, et cetera. But right now, Lamar Jackson's ADP on underdog is quarterback four. I have him as my quarterback five. I'm not really willing to pay up for him right now just because there's kind of other guys after that. Um, he's in my tier two two as well i believe let me double check my rankings here no he's actually still in my tier one i probably need to shorten that up a little bit so um it was it was a weird year for him but i think this next year he's gonna have a chance to make it up running back wise last year was awful for them it was devonta freeman both their running backs jk dobbins and gus edwards suffered injuries to start the year in in camp so they brought in latavius murray they brought in devonta freeman a couple old fellas that if you've been playing fantasy football for a while, like you definitely know their names, um, but you don't probably remember them from last year. So um, right now I'm not really interested in Dobbins or Edwards. I'm interested in what you guys' uh, take on that is, but probably the most interesting thing about this team is the pass catchers to me. It's Rashad Bateman um, and it's Mark Andrews that seem to be the primary kind of top end guys. Um, I'm known to be a little bit down on Bateman compared to a lot of people. Now that was kind of before Hollywood departed. So I do think he has a chance to get a lot of targets, but I'm curious, you know, at this point, before we jump into the defense, what are your guys's kind of takes on this, this group of offensive, these are the primary offensive players for this fantasy team. Well, I'll start first because I have been defending my Bateman take on YouTube already. 
I will say, I okay, first of all, we all obviously know we made the mistake. He went in the first round. He was not a second or third round wide receiver, as we said in I last didn't make that episode. mistake, to be fair. Okay, Billy fair enough, but it. you also didn't correct it. So by sure. by you know, by association, you're guilty of that. And uh also, yes, the running backs are not going to out target Rashad Bateman. I'm not that's not what not my point. That was not my point then. It's not my point now. I get that that's how what I, I said that the tight ends are going to be featured first, then the running backs, then the wide receivers. It's not necessarily how what I meant. I meant that like in that offense, the tight ends are going to get pass catching down work first. Then the running backs are going to run the ball. That's what I meant. Like they're going to get the, the next batch of carries touches in that offense. And then after all that, then the wide receivers will get some love. And that rec- includes Rashad Bateman and the bunch of others that they have filling out that roster on as a wide receiver. I think another thing that they were upset about was the fact that I, or maybe they misconstrued was the Lamar Jackson take where you say he's the running back, you know, or whatever, uh, or no, maybe I made that point, but I don't feel great about JK Dobbins. I like his ADP. I will say um, in that like fifth round, that's the only upside to me. I mean, I think you're, you could still get a better running back. I mean, Brees Hall's shortly behind him. If you believe in that kind of stuff and Miles Sanders, if you're me, so personally, I think that that could be an option. I just, I'm not excited about a guy who did good his rookie year and then got injured and came back to honestly a crowded backfield. So that's my biggest thing. But Bateman, on the other hand, we've already rambled about last week and I will continue to ramble about uh, is poised for a stellar year. I mean, obviously he still has to do it. So, I mean, there's that, but big fan. Yeah, Joe. I like I like J.K. Dobbins uh, to an extent. I've been kind of pumping the brakes on him uh, quite a bit. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot more of a rotation like we did last year. I think Baltimore kind of saw that that was a good strategy. Plus, seeing two of your star running backs go down in preseason um, has to open your eyes a little bit to using the depth that you do have. So, I mean, a sneaky guy for me uh, has been Tyler Batty. I think, you know, if you're in a deep league, he could catch a lot of passes this year. You know, Mike Davis is going to rotate in. He's a solid veteran. And then we'll see what happens to Gus. He could even be a cut in camp um, with everything that they have there. So uh, I like I like J.K. Dobbins only if you see Gus go down. And Josh, fifth round's a little bit rich for me, but I can see why people would take him. But I absolutely love Rashad Bateman. Um, I Like we said last week, he's going to be in a lot of my teams um, just because of where he's going right now. I think, you know, we're seeing him go eighth, ninth round. That'll probably creep up a little bit as people get into it more. But I like this offense. I think you're going to see a little bit of Isaiah Likely sneak in, too, just off of his pure talent. Um, But uh, I don't know. I think, you know, if you're really banking on something out of this offense, you're going Mark Andrews, you're going Lamar Jackson. That's about it. Yeah. Agreed. But I feel like where you're getting Bateman isn't bad either. I mean, you are. Yeah, I just checked his ADP. It's wide receiver 28 but the thing is like that's his adp but he's really he's gonna feel like his value at least his value seems like it's that doesn't seem like an accurate reflection of kind of how i feel like people feel about him maybe i'm wrong um but i don't know it's also june right now so yeah you're gonna see him creep up as soon as people start getting into it i will say the sleeper on this wide receiver core in my opinion is devin duvernay um he had a couple of big plays last year, uh, you know, in the return game. He had a couple end rounds. He looked explosive. I mean, I don't think that if, if anybody's going to step up to be that second or third guy, you know, I think he is kind of 
uh, he's a sleeper for you. So that's that's where I'll leave that. Um, okay, let's jump into the defense. Now, this is kind of where my world is a little bit more, but the, the, the main guy on this team last year was Patrick Queen. Only 98 combined tackles, not good. I was looking at his production profile in the index. 0.25 points per snap. I mean, that's not a bad per snap thing, but he only played 826 snaps in 17 games. So they don't trust Patrick Queen still to be a three-down linebacker after two years and taking him in the first round. So that's a red flag. You know what I mean? Uh, Chuck Clark, people are a little bit not sure if he's going to be able to get on the field with um, Hamilton being there. I think Chuck Clark is – I think he'll find a way to get onto the field personally. Um, other than that, you had the rookie last year, Adafe away. Not a bad rookie season, five sacks, 33 combined tackles. Um, I, I think his snaps are definitely going to go up. He only started two games last year, so there's definitely room for that to go up. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's some guys there. You know, there are other, the other defensive backs, Marlon Humphreys, we all know he's really good. Uh, Malik Harrison played a little bit last year, didn't get a lot done. I saw they had they, they, they attacked the linebacker position a little bit in the, un, like the free agency market, the undrafted guys. I saw one at least one guy that – I forget what article I wrote, saw it on, but there was some hype around it. So they're not happy with their linebacker position. So my 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 thoughts on this defense are just a word of caution. If you're going to count on one of these linebackers, I would say maybe don't. I would be definitely skewing towards getting these defensive backs. Um, and you're not going to have to take them as a DB1, but there's a couple of guys on this team that have DB1 in their range of outcome. Um, and then I would say I think you can start banking on away to make some noise off the edge this year in a bigger way um, as he has earned his way onto the field. And he had a pretty good season last year. So interested in your guys' takes on that situation and that that team. He's got to get his OA onto the field. Oh, my yeah, God. I, I like what I saw ah. of him last year, man. Um, Patrick Queen, you could probably sell him for a decent price right now. Um, and get some you think return. so? I feel like people are off of him right now. People love the name. People, people absolutely love the people name. People do love, love the name. No, I, I will. I, mean, I will. You're not lying there. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things. But you know, the the OA <laughs> thing is interesting to me because they tried. Didn't they try to get Zadarius Smith in there, and then he backed out the last second? Yeah, they did. They did. So I could see them adding someone after roster cuts just to muddy the water even more. They like doing the, um, you know, Justin Houston. They liked rotating those guys in last year, so. As long as Elway can continue to do that, that's that's awesome. Um, I like getting him on the field there. I will say I am a huge fan of this Baltimore Ravens secondary. Um, it is just stacked with depth, which is phenomenal. I will say it does make it a little tricky for fantasy purposes, but if I had to grab one, obviously Kyle Hamilton's going to go probably a little too high in redraft. Um, if you got him in Dynasty, I get why you got him. He's also going a little high, in my opinion, there. Um, but Marcus Williams and Chuck Clark could both be interesting late snags. Um, but Marlon Humphrey is one of the guys that I swear every year, nobody thinks about cause he's a cornerback technically, but man just makes plays and gets about four or five tackles as a corner in a game. So look out for him. Cause he's pretty cheap because people see corner and they don't draft him, or they draft the corners who don't actually make any plays other than, you know, good coverage. So he had a down year last year too. So he is a good guy to target who has like legitimate CB top three CB upside. Who's not going to have to cost you that probably this year. Yeah. I I do want to, I want to circle back to offense real quick, Billy, before we get your defensive takes, I feel like I didn't talk about Mark Andrews enough. He's my dynasty tight end one. I think still, 
Um, he was my dynasty tight end two last year. I know behind Travis Kelsey. I know a lot of people wanted to still want to make George Kittle and Kyle Pitts over Mark Andrews. They're trying certain people, but I'm still not there. We have several seasons, and this is at the position where nothing is consistent except Travis Kelsey. But right now we have what is it, Billy? Do you tell me? Is it three top five seasons, top six seasons out of Mark Andrews? I mean, it's basically probably three. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's basically unheard of except for Travis Kelsey. And it's just kind of being overlooked because the hype around George Kittle was so hard when it was there. And the hype around Kyle Pitts was so hard. And it's like Mark Andrews is doing something right now that is, I, I know his ADP and stuff is, is high, but it, it's, it's almost comical when you look at it in dynasty in situations sometimes that people value Kelsey over him still. Whereas like Mark Andrews has got five, six, seven years of green grass in front of him. And Kelsey's got two, three, like max, you know what I mean? So it's just, I just wanted to bring that up. If you want to get ahead of the curve, Mark Andrews, we might be talking about, I'm already talking about him like this, but in two or three years, we might be talking about him like we've been talking about Travis Kelsey because he's already got some good ones under his belt and it's going unappreciated for flavor of the week tight ends. You know what I mean? So anyway, sorry, Bill. I I wanted to get back to that. I wrote that on my notes that I wanted to highlight that and I kind of glossed over it. So whoever's talking bad about Mark Andrews, they can. Well, it's not that people are talking bad. It's that it's like, well, Kyle Pitts is just more athletic and George <laughs> Kittle's just in the Kyle Shanahan system. And it's real good. I really and like that like, voice, Jordan. Oh, fucker, shut up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've, I've met that person on Twitter before. but Yeah, there's a lot of them. <laughs> there's a lot. Um, anyway, just uh, the only thing I had on defense was watch out for David Ojabo. I, I, he's injured. He's going to come back. He's going to be great when he comes back. I just – wanted to restate that he should not be slept on. I get that his injury is really scary for a player, which I think is an Achilles. Um, not something that you want to have, especially when you need a good first step like he does. I get it. But at the same time, if he comes back, I would say even 90% of what he was, I think he could potentially take that job over um, Owe. So he, if only – because also another thing is um, – the new Baltimore defensive coordinator is the guy from Michigan. Guess where David Ojabo went to college, Michigan. So was Michigan, he, yeah. So the defensive coordinator is uh, familiar with him. So I think that that could, and not this year, maybe, but maybe <clears> next year. It's just somebody that maybe, if you need to float, want to float an offer out there for somebody who took him because he might not play well this season or might not even play the season at all. It's just somebody to keep in mind. Yeah, and just a note on Ajabo and the two rookie drafts that we did, I think he went <laughs> mid-second in one and, you know, early first in the other. So his name value is still getting him drafted by people. Which is crazy, by the way. I yeah. thought that for sure would knock him out. but Oh, know. I did too. But if you let him nope. rot on their taxi squad or their bench for, you know, five or six games, then slide in with an offer, I think that's a hell of a – just make a note for, you know, October – to, uh, to kind of look I'm at telling that. you, just when you're like, man, what can I do with my roster to improve next year? Just David Ojabo is one of those guys for 2023 that you may strike gold if you snag. You think him. he'll do? You think he could be a breakout player this year? I would need to see how healthy he is by training camp. I don't. I don't think he's going to play very much this season. But if he gets in at the back half of the year, maybe we see him um, get in some snaps. I would be interested to see how April, he recovers. Isn't it? 
Yes, it was right before so the draft. Born Achilles, so yeah. He probably, I mean, yeah, that's tough. It, it would be late in the season, mind you. Yeah, late, you're right. You're right. But you're right. I would still good like stash. to see how his recovery is coming along. Good stash. Good stash. All right, twenty minutes on that first team. Um, IDP Army, awesome. possums. Drop us some comments and some uh, some love or hate on Twitter. How you feel about how we covered the Baltimore Ravens? And yeah, but we still need to go through the schedule. So, Joe. Spout us a Baltimore Ravens schedule. What's the over-under on them? The over-under on the Baltimore Ravens is nine and a half games. Okay. So we're going to start off with the New York Jets. Then week two, Miami Dolphins. New England Patriots. Probably a win. Buffalo. That's a loss. Loss. Cincinnati. Probably a loss. We got New York Giants, Cleveland Browns, Tampa Bay Bucks, the Saints, Panthers, Jags, Broncos, Steelers, Cleveland, Atlanta, Steelers, and Cincy to round it out. What? When's our first game against Cleveland? I felt nine games in there. Seven. I'm taking the under. I will take the under based on if they were to play Cleveland in those first four to six games, they're easily missing out on Watson because I think he's going to get suspended. Um, But... Yeah, that's tough. They have some. Well, really I mean, even if he came back week seven, I don't think they're gonna, you know, first week back after not playing since twenty nineteen. I just that would be shocking for him to come in and just light it up. He could do it. It's awesome. just it would be it'd be shocking. But I don't know. This one, this one. I mean, Vegas obviously, you know, they make their money off stuff like this. Very close. I mean, I counted nine in there for sure. Uh, it's that tenth win in there that it's going to have to get a little fluky. That they may maybe a game that they wouldn't have I normally won is what they're going to have to do. But that's a good line. It is a good line. So Jordan, you're under. Josh, you seemed under. I'm going to go with under just because that receiving core scares me a little bit. And you said nine and a half on nine nine and a half. Yeah. Wow. What you think? Wow. I'm going to go I, over just because they have Justin Tucker. So you know he's going to hit. He's oh, going to get at he's least He's going to break his own damn record. All right. Well, I'm going to go over as well just because, in my opinion, they only need one fluky win in there to go over. And if they don't lose to the Bengals twice, I would say that's one of those two wins. So We also didn't talk about Justin Tucker enough because uh, he's the best kicker in the league. And that's all I have to say about him. But, <laughs> All right, we got to kicker talk, so I guess that means it's time to move on. So I guess we're getting to the most controversial team in this division, the Browns. Um, yeah. That... No, you're not following the schedule at all. You're terrible. What is but the you schedule? Can go. Oh, my bad. You I don't ask me to write it out, and I Cincinnati. gave it to you. Joe's next. No, no, no. Let's let Billy go. He really, he really just he wants to... it, man. You got to let him give it to him. I did it. I went in reverse order. Um. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what team, I don't know who's talking about what, um, just a doddering old man. Very prepared here. here at offensive points. Actually, no, let's go in the order. We need to do it this way. Go with the Bengals. Bengals next. Not- Wasting a minute of these people's You're time. Sorry, I apologize. And then, and then you know, this is you know, these kind of go. hiccups and bubbles out in the first week. So just go ahead. Bengals talk. <laughs> All right, so Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they finished at 10-7 and seven last year and were the runner-up to the Rams in the Super Bowl. Um, really, only guy they lost that's really notable is Larry Ogunjobi, um, which he failed his physical with the Bears, so he's still a free agent. There has been talk of re-signing him, so he would be a huge uh, addition back to that defense. 
Um, but really, I mean, most of their roster is coming back in 2022. Uh, they spent most of their resources this offseason in addressing the offensive line. Um, and they also targeted the secondary early in the draft. Um, the biggest storyline here with the Bengals is the line. It has been massively upgraded. Um, they added Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, Lael Collins. Um, and then a uh, second rounder from last year, Jackson Carmen has completely retooled his body. And Jonah Williams uh, will be back on this team. So uh, PFF grades for their offensive line last year was 61.42, which is dog shit. And in 2022, uh, 74.68. So this is the massive thing. It's going to help the offense all the way around. Uh, Joe Burrow played really good last year. Um, but I think this year he's actually going to be better because they pretty much scrapped any play that had a five or seven step drop back because the line just couldn't protect them. So this offense could have even more monster games this year, uh, which will be huge. Uh, the line also helps Joe Mixon. He had 334 touches last year, averaged 4.1 yards per carry, and played 65% of the team's snaps. He finished at RB4, and this year there's room for more, I believe. Uh, if Joe Burrow is going to drop back more, that probably means less receptions for Mixon, but it's also going to open up holes that he can take advantage of there. Uh, Smart JP Ryan pretty much is the backup. Uh, last year when Mixon got hurt, he slotted right into it and got all the snaps that Mixon was getting. But someone to keep an eye on is Chris Evans. Uh, a lot of people are writing him off. Uh, he is more of a third down back, kind of a scat back type guy. Uh, but the beat writers just continue to rave about his catching ability and shiftiness. So he's not a bad dynasty stash as he goes into year two. Oh, man, the receivers. Um, Burrow sustained three top 30-ish receivers last year, which is absolutely insane. Um We'll see if he can do that again. But uh, Jamar Chase, uh, we don't need to get too much into him. He had an absolute monster rookie season. Some would argue that it was better than Randy Moss in 98, uh, but we should not be comparing Chase to Moss this early in his career. But it is one hell of a start. Uh, T. Higgins was back another 1,000-yard season. He was cut short due to a labrum injury back in September, caused him to miss three games. Uh, but he was averaging 7.9 targets per game. He is an absolutely elite wide receiver, too, with wide receiver weeks. Um, you know, it's hard for me to have two wide receiver ones on the same team, but uh, we'll get into that another time. He did have his shoulder operated on this offseason, so it's something to monitor going into training camp to make sure he's coming back to 100%. Uh, Tyler Boyd saw roughly the same snap percentage in 2021 that he's had his whole career, uh, right around 70%. He finished as wide receiver 31, so... Wide receivers, um, I love Higgins and Chase. Boy, I just – I don't know if he can continue that, even being the possession guy that he is, uh, especially with adding Hayden Hurst. Um, he's nothing special, but he jumps right into C.J. Uzama's role. And C.J. Uzama was the fourth highest routes run by a tight end last year. He finished with 63 receptions for 494 yards and five touchdowns, which was useful for fantasy. Back in 2020, Hurst produced 58 for 571 and six touchdowns with the Falcons. Um, so you could argue this is an absolute upgrade at the tight end position. I'm not huge on Hayden Hurst, but if he sees that type of volume, he could definitely be fantasy useful here. Do you guys have anything to add on the offense? I, I do. Um, and this isn't really disagreeing with you. I get why the hate is on Tyler Boyd, but the thing about Tyler Boyd is not only was he still a top 30 wide receiver last year, but if he was anything, 31, so you're wrong. My, my apologies. Top 31 
wide receiver last year. Um, the thing about him is, is if anything were to happen to T Higgins or chase, he would immediately vault into that wide receiver 20 range. So that is why I think you keep him where he's at and his ADP is phenomenal. I mean, what in the eighth, ninth round, I mean, you're not, you're not having to pay an arm and a leg for him. Obviously I want Jamar chase or T Higgins for any of my teams. Um, but at the same time, I'm not upset about getting Boyd. I think it's actually where he's fallen is going to be really nice. And he's going to be one of those guys that, yeah, it's my wide receiver four, but let's see what happens. Are we handcuffing wide receivers now? I think on this kind of team, yes. I think you absolutely handcuff a receiver on a team like this. No, I wasn't hating on Boyd. I just – something's got to give in there. I don't think it's sustainable, but – I guess I didn't say you were. I was just saying I get it. I just – I like Boyd. I think that he's – I think it's interesting that Higgins missed two games here. I didn't. I don't think I really realized that he missed week three and he missed week four and he still finished top twenty four PPR. And yep. look at the number of hundred yard games he had. Because I heard some guys on a show talk, or I heard some guys just on Twitter, saw some guys on Twitter talking, kind of down on him. I mean, one hundred ninety eight yard game, one hundred fourteen, one hundred thirty eight, one hundred fourteen. Um, and again, he's missing weeks in the season. He's already throwing up some huge games. What weeks did you say he missed again? He missed three and four. Well, Tyler Boyd had 13 and 20 points in those games. So, confirm. So, you could basically just kind of screenshot those. Slot in in Tyler Boyd. He's a top three wide receiver. Heard it here first. Where he's going in drafts right now, you could handcuff the wide receivers. You go chase early, you could slot a Tyler Boyd in there late. I'd be be okay with getting actually legitimately handcuffing one of them and just, hey, I'll take a ball. The, the one thing I will say just in, in earnest about this team is I have Burrow pretty high. He's like as my quarterback four. And I do think that Hayden Hurst is a player that, based on what we saw off CJ Uzama last year, the usage is likely going to be there. Um, <clears throat> and with a guy like Burrow, who, again, we just talked about, he made three wide receivers relevant. And, I mean, CJ Uzama was – plenty fine in the weeks he was fine last year um and that's what you want from a tight end you can get late Hayden Hurst people tried to gas him up so much when he went to Atlanta he's gonna be the new Austin Hooper and it was just like yeah that that's not what's gonna happen here but okay um but I do think now well he kind of was the new Austin Hooper you know disappointing and no because that wasn't that was that was that's the new new Austin Hooper the he was supposed to be a version of the oldest Austin Hooper the good one in Atlanta. And then, then he went to the Browns and became the new Austin Hooper, which is bad, which is awful. I, I get there's going to be targets there, but really in reality, they should be going to Tyler Boyd or these other receivers. I think personally, Hayden Hurst is just not that good. I think he's a blocking tight end, which is why they got him because wow. their line sucks. And I'm not excited take. about Hayden Hurst at all. 22nd Damn. tight end. Did you Here's think Uzama was good last year before he was, I thought Uzama had a chance, and then he and never really did it. Games. Like I said, I don't think Hayden Hurst doesn't have a chance, but having one He'll have a couple, he'll have a couple weeks. In four years. Josh, I think the Bengals could put you in as tight end, and with those three wide receivers and then mixing in the backfield, you'd be wide open a lot of the time. So, Hey, thanks, man. I'm pretty I, fast. I think though. anyone who plays yeah. that role is going to be. Okay, so am I the only one that thinks Hayden Hurst is not that good? I don't think he's I'm bad. not saying I he's good. He it doesn't matter pulse, if you're man. good or not. When Joe Burrow's throwing you the football. I mean, did yeah, we think CJ like- Uzama was good? No, look at this. 26-point game, 25-point game. 
Um, and then a few other regular and games. That's it. Still if not you're terrible. not going to bank on playing Hayden Hurst ever is the thing. You're like, sure, he might have a 20 point game, but it will be a desperate, get three. desperate times, desperate measures. Yeah, I'm or not drafting how tight end, tight end is though. I don't hate it. I don't hate stash. It's not that thin. There's worse tight end. Okay, let's talk about it in the context of underdog. Okay, it's not that thin. He's, a, he's, a, he's a tight end. I would rather have as my tight end too. Yes, I'll give you that. Um, but I'm not, not wanting him on my team based on how quickly that tier goes from like, is good to, I don't know what the fuck's going on here. He's a good yeah. best ball tied in. I think we exactly, all can agree exactly. Like, we you can know, you're not going to know right? the weeks to play him, but you're the weeks that he pops he's all out. You're going to be glad you have him. You're going to be glad you had him. He's a boomer tight end. Never after. heard of it. I know. I feel I'm just like saying I would start him in redraft or dynasty for that matter. Even. Right, let's talk about like, the defense. We got well, I was going to say on our defense. Sunday shows, we're literally going to have so many questions about Hayden Hurst or blank at tight end. We're going to be hearing it's that. always going to be Hayden Hurst. Always. For me. That it might be the blank be. for me. I cannot wait. I cannot blank. wait for that. For I don't know right who the blank is yet. Love. Someone will ask just, eventually. Just don't start anyone. Just take a zero there. <laughs> you might get negative. I, you don't want that. <laughs> oh god okay yeah let's talk defense all right so on the defense here the biggest news continues to be jesse bates holding out he does not want to play on the franchise tag which is very understandable um neither <laughs> slides have really budged here um so it's something to monitor as july 15th approaches uh von bell was pretty solid last year but they also added dax hill he is looking uber fast in training camp and uh they also added uh, Cam Taylor Britt to the cornerback group. Uh, he's long and has extremely good cover skills here. So I think he beats out Eli Apple pretty handily. I know Apple's the vet, but it's Eli Apple. Come on. Man, they hate um, Eli Apple's ass. Yeah. Uh, Logan Wilson was uh, absolutely killed it last year. He's looking awesome. And Jermaine Pratt is was honestly pretty solid. Uh, he was pretty underwhelming year one, but last year he definitely took a step. And uh, – He's not going to do anything flashy, but, you know, as an LB3 or something, he's he's pretty solid there. Uh, the biggest sleepers-ish I have on this team. So the line returns. So Trey Hendrickson's coming back and BJ Hill's coming back. They both played at a very high level last year. Sam Hubbard was okay, but he was not good against the run. So an interesting name to monitor here is Joseph Asai. He was injured during the preseason in week one, missed the whole rookie season. But before that, he was making absolute waves in training camp and even earned the starting job on the edge. So they had Sam Hubbard kicking inside, and he was the starter on the edge. So he's an absolute steal right now. He's essentially free, and his ceiling is absolutely unknown. So if you're in a dynasty league, you're in IDP league, you want someone for fairly cheap that could pay off in numbers, Joseph Asai is the guy. I'm honestly a fan okay. of all three of them, Hendrickson, Asai, and uh, Hubbard. But Hubbard has primarily not gotten t- sacks, although last year he ended up getting seven, which was, I think, a career best. Um, but Trey Hendrickson, the last two years, has had 13 and 14 sacks, so you're not not drafting him. Um, and I think he might be a little pricey. Um, hopefully, Osai actually gets to see the field a little bit more and you know make a difference. But I don't see him usurping either one of these guys right now. He did last year. Trey Hendrickson is one of my proudest takes because he was a beast two years ago for the Saints, and PFF was like, "He's too efficient. He can't. He can't be that good." The Bengals overpaid him, and then he went to the Bengals and basically had a sack a game. He murdered faces. He had some big plays in the Super Bowl. 
Um, and then nobody, nobody won me ever, some money. Yeah, he did some big shit. You never, it's funny, those people that always dog on guys like that when they prove them wrong, they never come back around and say, Yeah, I shouldn't have said I was wrong. You know, it's a mistake. It's just they just say, Yeah, Hendrickson, he's all right. It's like, whatever. But we, we've been riding with Trey Hendrickson heavy for two years. So I'm glad that uh, we get to slide back over to him. Sam Hubbard. He's not really much of a sack guy, like you said. I mean, seven and a half, is that a career best? I mean, that's kind of sad. He's been in the league for what now? One, two, three, four, five years. Um, but he does get a lot of tackles. Um, you can generally count on him to have a pretty safe floor. You can see here, I mean, he only he has double digits pretty safely, even without sacks. Uh, well, where are we at here? Week week eight, he had double digits without a sack. Um, well, dang, actually, his tackles, looks like he got a lot of assists. I do remember there being a lot of assists this year on the – on the Bengals. Anyway, um, come a full circle. I mean, his floor is not really zero. It's generally higher. And he, uh, he plays a lot of snaps for an edge guy. I mean, he's putting up 60, 70 snaps at the edge. That's a lot. And maybe that's why he doesn't get so many sacks. Cause he's literally just like dog ass tired by the, you know, third quarter. Well, Henderson gets all of them is the thing. So yeah, well, they help true. each other out, honestly. And Osai, maybe he does step in and help out all, you don't see Henderson playing no 70 snaps, though. Look at his snap share. He don't play no 70 snaps. He got in a contract. He's like, you can't put me over 65, it looks like. <laughs> smart man. Not yeah, wrong. smart guy. Not wrong. All right, we want to get on to any, any other closing thoughts on the Bengals? Did, Joe, did you have I just think else? I think Jesse Bates, this is not a time to panic sell him in defense in, in Dynasty. He's still very young. He's still very good, objectively. He's still very good for IDP. So this is like selling the bottom. I wouldn't do that. If you have him on your team already, just hold him, chill with him. Um, we're not talking about Buda Baker. Same story there. He had a down year. Just because a guy has a down year doesn't mean he's a sell, especially on defense, especially at safety. So just wanted to harp on that before we move on. It's true. It's fair. Okay. Well, the over-under for the Bengals is 10. Joe, get us a schedule. All right. So Murs Row, not starting off the start here. We got Steelers, Cowboys, Jets, Dolphins, Ravens, Saints, Falcons, Browns, Panthers, Steelers, Titans, Chiefs, Browns, Bucks, Patriots, Buffalo, Ravens. Oh, Damn. that ending. Well, if they don't, uh, if they they don't like, get to 10 before like week 14, they are fucked. Yeah, they got it was wow. 14, maybe week 12. Oh, shoot. I think they do okay. it because they're they could do what the Steelers have done and other teams have done where they just ride that hot streak and win nine games in a row. Um, because honestly, all those beginning games are at least winnable. Um, there's yeah. still some challenges in there, but that ending is <clears throat> brutal. I was that like looking for that ending. tenth and I was like, where is it? Well, they're gonna win one of those games though. This is a good team. Like they could they're are they gonna win one 10? of those? They're a good team, yes. and I don't think Even Zach Taylor time. gets quite enough love for being a half-decent coach. Because it's so easy to forget. I mean, he had, like, the number – like, the Bengals were bad. Not, like, not good. They were bad. So, and Zach Taylor were, lost in the Super and Bowl, they, so – And they were one pass interference call away, some would say, from winning No, the they Super were Bowl one play. substitution away. Get Samaje Piran's ass off the field and get yeah, Joe too. Mixon on the fucking field. Yeah. Like what so, are you doing? Okay. Uh, so I just think I just felt, I think it needs to be noted, and it's not talked about enough. Zach Taylor's name doesn't get brought up as a good coach. He also built that team. So not only did he build the team, you know, he's drafted all these guys. Um, he's coaching them. So he he's making his calls and he he's following through and it's working out. 
Went and got Trey Hendrickson. A lot of people said that was dumb. Took Jamar Chase over Panay Suel. A lot of people said that was dumb. Joe Burrow still, after Justin Herbert, he saw – there were some other guys at the Senior Bowl that year. I remember people were like, oh, Joe Burrow's not going to the Senior Bowl, maybe. there was. I mean, that was not a real thing, but it was a little tiny thing for a second. But he stuck to his guns on everything, um, and it's worked out pretty well for him. So a little shout-out to Zach Taylor there. Sounds and like I'm going to say better, they're going to win. Coach to me. Can I push? Can I say they win 10? Push. Well, what if they win 10? <laughs> You I, I really want to say they go 10 as well, but I, I mean, I'm going to take the over. That's like, a, like, what kind of a God. line is 10? Because that's the point. The point is you either have them winning 11 or you have them winning 9. You don't have them winning 10. That's the point. Hmm. I'm gonna Because everybody over. thinks they can win 10. That's the that's the, that's the Vegas point. The team's too talented. They boosted I'm the going over. Vegas got two outs. No I've way. only got one way to win. I don't like this. There's no way they don't go over. I'm going under. Okay. I'm gonna they say go, they, they have to go nine and eight for that to happen, Joe. Yeah. This roster. Yep. That's a uh, injuries, maybe. That's so you two tough. are both pushing. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna ta- I'm gonna take the over two. I guess. I mean, they were fucking good as fuck last year. Josh, as well. I already said over many times. Oh, okay. Oh my bad. That's what are you taking, Bill? I'm going over. I, I think that they could. They're gonna at least at eleven, maybe twelve. It's possible. Oh, 12 is possible. 12 and 5 for this roster? Not, not All right, Billy, there. just in case you didn't know, you're next. Okay, so I actually know that this time, this 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 is my actual team. Okay, I want to start out with a... I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's funny. I almost thought about jokingly saying, well, it's time to do a little Steelers talk. Um, but no. Um, should, we roll actually, the, uh, should we roll the underdog promo real oh, quick? Good. Yeah, yeah. Before we do to the Browns and the Steelers, let's do a little, you know, shameless plug. Give a little advertising. Um, give us money. Give, give us money. This is a so business. Af- it, is, <laughs> it is a business. So we'll be right back after this one. Hey, IDP Army. Hope you guys and gals are enjoying the episode we have for you today. We want to take a little break and tell you about our partners at Underdog Fantasy. Use the link in the description or the code IDPARMY when you sign up. They're going to give you a deposit match bonus of up to $100. And you can play all kinds of sports on Underdog Fantasy, not just NFL. They have NFL, NBA, MMA, PGA. They have everything. If you're in any sport, they generally have something there for you. Go check them out. Tell them we sent you. Go sign up for the Best Ball Mania 3 draft. That is their giant draft that they have every year. Best Ball draft. The winner of that this year is going to win $1 million. The total prize pool is $10 million. We've got content on the channel for it. We have episodes of the podcast for it. We have rankings for it. Go sign up for Underdog Fantasy. That's where we play best ball. Hopefully, we will see you in a draft. Thanks, and now back to the show. We back. We'll get in some underdog drafts. We uh planning in them all the every week, starting a new one, trying to get in that. You got the puppy going on right now. If you want to get your get your chance in for a million dollars, it'd be a lot of fun. Um yeah, three Joe, million. Joe does an year. underdog draft every day, it feels like. So lots of why would he Joe, underdog? Joe just likes drafting, man. It doesn't even matter if it's for money. He'd just it's do it for fun. At this point, man. I probably it's need to true. get somewhere. 
and it's a good opportunity if you want to mock draft in June or in July or even before the season. This is better than any kind of mock draft you're going to get in. You're not going to have that idiot that takes Dak Prescott number one overall because he's a Cowboys fan. This is for real actual money. There's $3 on the line. That's the cheapest you can go. And you can get actual practice in for drafting for your actual teams. And that's a good Also, you can win some money starting in June. Exactly. If you draft well, you end up winning the money in the end. But you don't have anybody just in there throwing the draft or screwing around. You could, but they're just costing themselves money. So. And the value you get right now is insane. I'm sure you guys have touched on that. Very much insane. Okay. Well, speaking of insane, let's talk about the Browns. So, 2021, uh, 8-9, and not exactly a banner year for the Browns, especially with the roster that they thought they were going to have at the beginning of the season. Um, I got a quick trivia question for everybody right now. How many players on the Browns roster, not including – we're not going to include special teams – just offense and defense. How many players played all 17 games for the Browns last season? Uh, this is the entire roster. Seven. One. Two. I was going to say seven as well. Oh, okay. Well, it was well, two. I was going to say two players. It was uh, our boy Dearness Johnson and Miles Garrett. Those were the only two players that played the entire season. So that should kind of tell you how or why the the Browns maybe didn't have the best year. Um Obviously, we'll start off with the massive change. They decided to give the most guaranteed money in NFL history to Deshaun Watson. Uh, brought him in from Houston, traded away their entire future. Um, not really going to get into the legal situation because we don't know where it stands right now. Probably by the time you're listening to this, if you listen back in two months, you'll probably know the situation. So we're going to kind of talk about this in two different um, the the if he does play and the if he doesn't play segments of this. So. We're going to start with the if he does play part of this. So Deshaun Watson's currently going as the QB 14. I still think that might be a little bit um, scared. That's the underdog ranking right now. Um, I think if he wasn't, maybe he would end up being like quarterback six, seven, something like that. Maybe probably about right if he was playing. Um, as far as the running back situation, we got Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. We're going to run that back again. Hopefully, um, I think – I. Last year kind of skewed my beliefs on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt because they don't exactly use them enough to make me think they need to be a first-round pick. If you want Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt to be your second-round pick or even like third round because Kareem Hunt doesn't need to be in the second, that's probably okay. But like, don't don't expect Nick Chubb to be your main guy on your team. I, I, it's just not going to end up working out. He had he played 14 games last season. 250 touches total between receptions and attempts at rushing. It just wasn't, it wasn't enough. They have a good O-line. They are a very run heavy team. It's just, they are going to use the either Nick Chubb and Dearness Johnson, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb and anybody else that's on the roster. They're going to use two running backs at all times. They're never going to have a featured running back. So that is kind of the problem, I think, with their running back situation. But as long as Stefanski's running the operation, I, I think you're still good um, to have them in there. Uh, the wide receivers. So we got Amari Cooper, who came in from Dallas. They signed, they gave away a fifth-round draft pick, trade for him. Pretty good deal, if you ask me. Amari Cooper, 70, uh, 72. He is 27 years old. Oh, that dyslexia happened right there. Uh, he's going as wide receiver 20 right now in underdog. I think that's probably about right. Um, maybe if he 
you know, if the Deshaun Watson stuff figures it out, he's probably going to be okay to uh, be the wide receiver one there, and you could probably take him in the third round or so. Um, other than that, you got Donovan Peoples-Jones and David Bell, David Bell being the rookie. I don't really know what you can expect from them just yet. I would say with Deshaun Watson, maybe you have Donovan Peoples-Jones be the Will Fuller role. And David Bell, I'm not quite positive what he's going to be yet because I would like – I'm not really positive how they're going to use him in the offense, but I know that he's going to be their third receiver in that offense. Um, and then as you get to tight ends, you got David Njoku, and then that's about it. Um, Harrison Bryant. Okay. Harrison Bryant's there, and I, I appreciate him being there. Um, I would like to see them actually use him this year instead of Njoku, who they just gave all that money to um to maybe be there more uh use more but other than those two i don't even know if you're going to use harrison bryant in the 11th round uh don't really think he would be a, a good enough player to draft very highly um as far as offense goes guys what are you all thinking about their offense this is with deshaun watson so i do want to throw a name out there real quick okay i heard a little birdie uh that works for the Browns, uh, not for the Browns, but one of their beat writers, was oh. saying that Kareem Hunt is rumored to be on the trade block right now on there. So if you're in rookie crazy. drafts, Jerome Ford is a name to monitor out of Cincinnati. Not flashy at all, but might end up being one of the best pure runners in this class. Um, and he is absolutely free. I mean, I think in our draft, the two that we just did, he wasn't even drafted. Uh, people added him off waivers. Uh, so if you're in the fifth round, fourth round, and you just want someone with high upside that might pay out, Jerome Ford is definitely a name to monitor if Kareem Hunt is no longer with the team. If okay. Kareem Hunt's off the team, I'm grabbing Dearness Johnson and everything. Me too. All I thought day. he went to a different team. Nope. I believe he's no, still he's, there. He's still there. He's a um, running back three. So my thing, Bill, was – is this is if Deshaun Watson plays? Do you uh, like I'll get it? to the I'll get to no, the Deshaun no, Watson I, I, doesn't not, play here in a second. I want to ask one question: Do sure. you dislike Nick Chubb if Deshaun Watson plays? Or not play? ne- not necessarily. I just I, I don't want him. To, I don't want people to think that I he think he's a first round pick. Like I don't think he should be in your top. 12. I think he's I think he's but, the top ten running back easily. Man, you think so? I, I just I think do. with a split he's, workload, I just don't I don't buy it. I don't, even I don't think I ever will. Workload, he still had a two, three stellar years in a row and then a fourth stellar rookie year. So well, I was good until last year. Last year kind of threw me for a loop. And I think if you add into Sean Watson, you're probably taking some of those rushes away that you were well, going to have. I can get why you would not like it if Deshaun Watson's playing because okay, well, we're not talking about Sean Watson not playing yet. I just, but at the same time, like, I don't know how you rate Nick Chubb in the third round. You guys both rate, like, ranked him like 10, 15. Nick is Chubb in the third round. I said the second round. Well, I said the third round because when I did those rankings, it was as if Deshaun Watson wasn't playing. I think mid second. I think mid second is a. If he's not playing, I think he vaults up even higher, personally. I don't because Jacoby Brissett sucks and I don't want to go down that path well actually let's let's go down that path let's go down the path that Deshaun Watson doesn't play I'll do this very quickly probably not a lot on this team that you're gonna like uh Baker Mayfield's not gonna play for this team again I know a lot of people are like well if Deshaun Watson gets suspended Baker Mayfield's sitting right there it's not gonna happen it's just not so you're gonna have to trust Jacoby Brissett and we've seen him 
throw a bunch of flat ducks of balls out there in Miami. It was just not good. Actually, it was quite sad. It was even sadder when we had to watch them in Indianapolis, and that was two years ago at this point. So I don't think I'm going to be able to trust anybody outside of Amari Cooper, and the running backs are will be fine. I, st- I still think they're bad, though, because why wouldn't you just load up the box against them? I know that that's what the Browns are prepared to do anyway, just load, like have – you know, very run heavy attack, but we just saw what they did last year. I did not like Nick Chubb last year. So I just don't, I don't know. I just don't, don't like the vibe if they don't have Deshaun Watson there. Guy hates having uh top 10 running backs on his team. He was very know, frustrating just, to have on your team last year. It was, it will... was just frustrating. I guess it's because he could have been better. Like they just didn't allow him to do as much. Like I, the green Bay Packer game last year is the one that I really, really frustrated me with Nick Chubb. Because he would get it across the 50-yard line, and then they'd just take him out and put uh, Ernest Johnson in and let yeah. Baker Mayfield throw. And it was like, what the hell are you doing? He had that 27 points that game. You, you, could, you couldn't just take he 27 He could have been points? more. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. He could have really been understand more. Okay. Okay. Let's see, I, you don't remember the game. Like You're just looking at the, the game log. They would take him out of the game. When I, understand. Got I understand that. And it's smart when you have two running backs. Billy lost okay. some money on that game. It's, I lost respect for Kevin Stefanski on that game because Ch- Nick Chubb could have had a incredible 50, 40 point performance that game. Oh, he would have had like yeah. He, I remember. I remember that game. And you're right. He could have. He could have had like. He but they just that game hook him like out and put him on the sideline. Like even to. like the cameraman would like flash over to the sideline, and Nick Chubb would be there getting some water, and it's like. They're on the 30. Let's get him in there. I don't yeah. he didn't. They lost that game. He so did he a lot of game. taking him out inside Stefanski the 20. He took the game but... off of his back and put it on Darius Johnson and Baker Mayfield, and they lost the game. So that's because Baker Mayfield's bad. Well, he's also injured. All right. But... I'm just gonna say that I polite I politely disagree. I think third it is it is it was frustrating, but I think running back 13 and PPR while missing what do you miss three games, three games. is pr- on the browns mind you a, a team that where there was not a lot of touchdown equity there wasn't a lot of offense to even be had it's, it's a very run heavy offense where they it, run most of the time so yeah but should be probably a run heavy offense having a running back 13 should be quite sad but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, but you know, he only missed three games. So Derrick Henry's on a run heavy offense, and he was about to be the running back. Yeah, one Derrick Henry's again. also getting 30 carries a game, not 2021. 20, and Nick Chubb should too. That's the point. Well, I agree with you, but let this is reality. This isn't you can't compare people. You can't comparing someone to Derrick Henry is like, what are you doing? Like, okay, like come on. I'm not saying they're Nobody talent, but the opportunity should be about the same. Well, they should. They probably yeah, had limited his carries, which is smart because you want to keep this man on your team for longer. All right. So, well, in fantasy football, you don't have the opportunity to limit carries and this you know coach a player. Like you have to just take them as they come. And yeah, a, and he's still a top 13. ten running back. <laughs> he just said thirteen in PPR. Is that is that top ten? That was last year. We're projecting was- this year with Deshaun Watson at the helm. We're talking about this year. We're talking about yeah. Had, had I, not still think I still think he'd be running back ten. I just don't think okay, he'd be running we back have 10. him at RB fourteen. Yes, which is right. And that's going that around Aaron right. Jones, James Conner, David Montgomery, Saquon Barkley. 
That's who you're looking at. That's who you're looking at. That's literally all, who you're looking all at. All other than Montgomery. Actually, no, I, I take all of I take him over all of those people. I would take Aaron Jones and James Conner over Nick. They're Jones. around the same. PPR. They're the same guy. Like that's the thing. Like that's what I'm saying. They're the same guy this year. Like that. That's who he's going to be. We can we can try to project something different, but it's it's what he's I going mean, to be. I, I'm seeing some really stellar stats on the screen, and I I think that it's going to continue. Okay, well, I, I don't know what that what good that does if he's still going to finish running back 14. He's not though. He's going to get like 300 carries, Billy. Like, look why at if he if they have Deshaun Watson, why the hell would he get 300 carries? Deshaun, Deshaun Watson designed that. Yeah, Deshaun year. Watson's frail. He hasn't been getting his massages. His he hasn't been able to. You think they just properly. paid him that amount of money? Are y'all crazy? Frail. They're beefing they up. They gave the him more money than Patrick Mahomes to let Nick Chubb run the offense. Are y'all he bruises easily? Okay, he put that on the waiver. He Okay, well, this is why I have Stefanski. All By right, the way, Billy, can you talk we'll get to the defense here in a second. This is why I have <laughs> Kevin Stefanski getting fired after this year because if they give Nick Chubb 300 touches and they're going to lose a bunch of games if they do that, he will be gone at the end of the season and they'll get a pass-heavy coach in there. So, Kevin Stefanski, hot seat. The fire is lit, my friend. Let's get Man, on to the defense. 2019 was such a tease for, for Nick Chubb. 298 attempts. 49 targets and like, whoo, what a world we were living in, boys. It was a beautiful was, thing. And for the pandemic, won't see that again. I can guarantee you that. Um, anyway, let's get on the defense. Miles Garrett is the obvious stud on this tier one in the dynasty or the IDP index. Not, not really anything to say. He is like an apex predator of a defensive lineman. One of the few that you're going to want to put onto your team. Uh, past that, though, so Anthony Walker and Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa are the two linebackers you're going to be after on this team. Both of them, I think, are usable. They were both very good last year. Um, both of them had a little bit of stint on the, not IR, but they were just out a couple of games for injury. Um, I think Joker had COVID at one point as well. But um, – both of those players, I think, are viable. You're probably not going to draft them very high as linebackers, but as your second linebacker or maybe your flex option, they're good linebackers. Um, as far as their secondary goes, it's a mishmash bunch. I don't really love any of them. Grant Delpit, we've been waiting for years for him to finally hit. Denzel Ward is good when he's completely healthy, but if he's even like a tick off, it's just it's way off, and I, I don't really understand that either. Um, and then John Johnson – I think he's tier three in the IDP index and he's a John Johnson's a usable safety. He's not the first or second one that you're after probably on your team, but he, he will be there in that top 12 discussion, I believe probably. Uh, they played him a little bit more deep last year. It felt like the guy, if you want to get okay. the, the he, he's still probably going to, he's going to be a player you want on your team. Yeah. Well, I'm but saying I'm like gonna... the 12, 13 range, like that, that type. No. no, I'd say even I'd say even a okay. tier down. I'd say I'd say maybe like in that twenty four to thirty range this year because I'm because if you I'm hesitant to put him that high even though I think it might be in his range of outcomes. I don't think you need to pay up for that this year, so don't. Okay, let me. That's a good point. Yeah, you don't have to pay up for John Johnson. I think you're going to get the value. You know, if you stay later. Um, is there anybody? Oh, and I got to mention my boy Perion Winfrey. Um, love him so much. He is a D tackle, so it's going to be a little tough to justify having him on your team. He's a backup defensive tackle, but 
I just love him. I think he's going to get on the field at some point. He is just one of those guys that gives his heart on every play. Me and Joe fell in love with this kid at the at the Senior Bowl. He was just he was the best player on the field all of the days that we ended up watching, including the game where he won the most valuable player of. Um, but he he's just the best one, and I think the Browns really got a good player there. And I could see him being a disruptor. I, I don't. I would love to see if that translates into good stats from the D tackle position, but. Um, I think he's somebody that you should at least roster maybe late just in case. We did love Any him. Thoughts the on the defense, ball, man. Yeah, he was good. We loved him. We did. We loved him. Um, they saw they redid Clowney. I'm not into that I'm not, at all. No, Clowney, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm done trying to. I'm done trying to make him a thing. Yes, um, I like it's Walker. Over. I think Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa is probably getting. I mean, he'll he'll probably be good. I don't I don't know if he has a monster type of season this year. We'll just have to kind of see. Um, I think you. I just think much by the over. time the season starts, the like Jeremiah Wusu Kormo will be going over Anthony Walker in most drafts, and I think that's probably a mistake. That, yeah, that's that stick with Anthony Walker. Yeah, that's where you're gonna find your value. I think Miles Garrett probably. I mean, for me, he's a you know second or third defensive player I'd probably take defensive line he's my second guy probably but he's in a tier with a couple other guys that I'm okay with um I did just make a trade for him recently in a dynasty league so I I, I think that people are I don't want to say underwhelmed in dynasty for what he's been um but I know it can be frustrating watching him because he does leave you it's just sometimes he just You'll see him on the play, but he just doesn't ever finish plays. Um, and that's not to say he isn't a finisher, but you can watch him on the field, you know, 30, 40 snaps in a row, and he doesn't come in any real contact with point making. So that can be frustrating on a Monday night. And then that's juxtaposed against a guy like TJ Watt, who is touching <laughs> the ball on like literally at least once or the ball carrier, basically every set of downs. So, but. On the flip side, you know, when Miles Garrett goes off, I mean, he can have three, four, five sacks. He can force, I and mean, he's a fumble forcer, you know. So he's and got he'll a lot be playing every time. game, like like he played every game last season. Like that's, yeah. I mean, some games he like left injured. I get that. I just like, don't, yeah. I just think there. it's. I just don't think he he's not that alpha apex apex guy for fantasy like T.J. Watt is, and I mean his points last year. He had uh, 268. T.J. Watt had 373. And T.J. Watt missed, what did he miss, three, four, five games last year? So it's just on a point-per-snap basis, and I've brought this up before. I'm not, you know, I'm just saying he is in that next tier down. Just remember that, a defensive line. And there are other guys in that area that you could, you know, kind of maybe replace that value with. Now, again, if you're just a Garrett fan, though, go crazy. But he's the only guy on that side of the ball that I'm probably targeting this year or Ronnie Harrison. I was just going to ask problem, about Ronnie Harrison. Yeah. Do we? Yeah. I mean, he's I very Ronnie useful Harrison. last year. Yeah. I'm obsessed with Ronnie Harrison. I'm just like waiting for him to play like a thousand snaps in a year because when that happens, it's going to be money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he's someone to keep an eye on. I think Miles Garrett, the problem with Miles Garrett is the where he's going to get taken in drafts. You probably don't want him. He's probably going to go in like the top five and that's probably way too rich for miles Garrett. Um, but if you you get, if if you get him sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, that's not bad. Yeah. I would say more for the end of the first round. I I feel like Jordan, you said a lot of contradictory things there. I feel like you don't like miles Garrett. You said you like, he doesn't like miles Garrett. No, it's not that I don't like miles Garrett. I like miles Garrett. I just, 
I, as a, an IDP fantasy football content creator, and as one who is not just, you know, part of the herd, just going wherever everybody else is going, have many years now. I mean, TJ Watt and Miles Garrett have been in the league for what, four or five seasons in a row well, now? And so if you're comparing five, him to TJ Watt, that's yes. How you, so well, you're comparing him to every other. Argument? Will you no. argument? But I'm that's what you, to... that's, that's your, that has, that is what you said earlier. You were like against TJ Watt. Like, okay. Well, well that's what I'm, the context, what I'm saying is the world we live in now where people understand that TJ Watt is better. Isn't the world that I've been living in the past three or four years. I've been having to tell people that that's the fact and show people that's the fact. So I think I'm trying to reiterate to the, that fact that the, not only are they different, but they're like, to the people that have had Miles Garrett ranked ahead of TJ Watt, that was foolishness. Like that's how different they are. So it's that's what and, and I'm talking. Man, straight we're we're doing the Steelers preview a little early, aren't we? I'm just talking straight points. And again, and that's the thing too. We're in the same division, so I know there's that too. And I mean, it's straight up points per point, snap per snap. TJ Watt does so much more, and it's always. Oh, Miles Garrett's gonna be all pro to 50 players a year. I mean, every talking head in the NFL the past See, now five that, years, that right they exactly tried to make him, they've tried to make this. him the defensive player of the year in the offseason. They've tried to get that conversation going every year of his career. That's all I'm saying. So I want people to know that yes, he is amazing and he's great, but there is a tier of like four, five, six different defensive line players that you can draft that are just as great and amazing as him that you're gonna get 40, 50, 60, 70 picks later in a draft. Okay. That's what I'm saying. So Real when quick. you're trying to say a one for one, that that's what I'm saying. Real quick, I was that's that was my whole argument is you keep comparing him to TJ Watt. TJ Watt is number one, and then Miles Garrett is in that two, three, four category. You know what I mean? Like it's there is a huge gap there. I mean, the only other person that would be close to that would be Aaron Donald, but he plays defensive tackle and a little bit different, but he still gets the points. But that's my thing is Miles Garrett is a phenomenal player. He, I feel like you you were shadowing him exactly. like, oh, you don't want him During on During the team. Browns preview, we're just talking about Miles Garrett being a good player. And he's like, well, he's not as good as TJ Watt. Why are you even saying that? <laughs> That's like, awesome. Okay, well, fuck me. Yeah, right? There's I get, like I get it. two guys I would want above uh, or above Miles Garrett, and it's pretty much Nick Bosa and TJ Watt, unless you count Micah Parsons as a D-line, which right now he has that eligibility. He is DL eligible. But other than that, at that point, it's three or four. With in, in Jordan's defense, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, I mean, they're going what 15, 20 picks after Garrett. I'd rather Nick Brian Burns. Nick I mean, right guy like Brian Burns. I like yeah. Brian Burns a lot. We'll get to that in the other. Preview, I mean, but... you know, he only put up like 50 points less than him. I mean, you can basically pick him up at the end of drafts right now. Okay. Right, so anyway. the moral of the story we hate Miles. Everybody Garrett. hates Miles Garrett except for me and Billy. We apparently. hate him. I like Miles yeah. Garrett. Billy, I, I, you know, it's funny that you, you did call me out for being a Steelers fan, but you at no point during your little Browns spiel here have you said, I am a Browns fan. That's because I'm Browns. not. He's not. because I'm not a Browns fan. I thought you were. All right, guys. You were not a Browns fan. I knew. What happened? Okay, we're, we're getting, He's a Mayfield fan. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Oh, you're a Baker not... Mayfield fan. Exactly. See, he's okay. got the goods. And he's trash. Number six. Got it. Baker Mayfield. He's about to be a Anywho. Seahawks fan. All right, exactly. But I'm, we'll get to that when we get to the NFC West. I'm prepared. Uh, all right, so we don't have an over-under for wins yet because of the Sean Watson legal situation. I do want to add in before we get to the schedule, Joe. 
I hate Kevin Stefanski, and I think he's going to get fired after this season. Book that. If you can book – I don't think he's going to be the first coach fired, but I think he is definitely going to be fired after the season, and they're going to get a coach in there that is going to be more Deshaun Watson pass-oriented than I think Kevin Stefanski is going to be this year. Um, if Deshaun Watson plays a lot. If Deshaun Watson doesn't play, I don't know what that leaves them with. Maybe this is just a lame duck year for him anyway. I don't know. All I'm saying, Kevin Stefanski, the fire is lit, my friend. Joe, give us the schedule. The hot take, man. I love it. So do you want to have some fun with this one and say hypothetically Watson does play? Yes, we're going to do this as if Watson played the entire season. Okay. So we're going to start off with the Panthers, the Jets, the Steelers, the Falcons, the Chargers, the Patriots, the Ravens, the Bengals. And we got a bye week. And then we're going to do Dolphins, Bills, Bucks, Texans, Bengals, Ravens, Saints, Commanders, Steelers. I'm still not used to saying Commanders. I got nine. Maybe uh, maybe 10? With Deshaun Watson, the number will be 9 or 8.5 or 9.5. I was, thinking it, I was thinking 9 would be the number with Deshaun Watson. With Deshaun Watson? For how many mm-hmm. games? The whole season. whole season. The whole season? I'm going to give them um, I give them 10 wins. I was yeah. thinking more of – I'm still under the – I was actually point. thinking maybe even 11. I just don't think this roster is close think, to the Bengals, and Bengals are at 10. Yeah, I would I would give him nine, but that's including, in my opinion, Deshaun Watson's suspend, inevitable suspension of four or six games or something. I like just that. feel like no, I'm not even gonna get into it. We'll just, we'll, we'll, I just think I think we like as a fantasy player, Deshaun Watson's great. Is he going to be able to get this roster to 10, 11 wins? I don't think so. I think I just he don't could. think so. I just I don't think so. I just I think the addition of uh, Cooper and the uh, keeping intact of running backs, unless they trade hunt. I think that they're an easy nine win game, nine win team. So I just, it seems like a, a nice, like fantasy roster of like, you put all these pieces together and it should work. Don't think it is this year, but once they get rid of fancy, they'll be fine. Anywho, let's move on to the Steelers. Wow. It feels like forever since I've talked. Um, I'm probably going to ruffle some feathers. So this won't end anytime soon. I apologize to any of the listeners, but watch uh, out. The team, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the record last year, always above 500, 18 consecutive times with Mr. Tomlin. Um, we got a few free agent ads, nothing super notable. Mitch Trubisky, Levi Wallace, Miles Jack. They're good additions. Can't complain about them. Draft picks, I already know it's Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, the Pickens brothers, and then Calvin Austin a little later. Uh, losses, we lost Ben Roethlisberger. I don't know if anyone can count that one as a loss. And then, of course, we can say that Dwayne Haskins' loss was uh, a little unfortunate. Um, I honestly keep forgetting that he passed away. It's crazy to think. Um, And then a couple losses to the receivers, James Washington and Juju, Cowboys and Chiefs, respectively. So uh, the wide receiver. Sorry to to butt in, but we did have Stefan Tuitt retired today like that Ooh. just happened that was their starting defensive end okay that's so, my bad i actually that was kind of that was kind of a huge little moment that happened just today so yeah sorry i didn't want to no no i actually was going to talk about him later so I really okay my bad it. yeah well, he retired that is also he retired a, uh, today yeah so that is also that that takes a little bit of a hit so overall um my biggest thing is this team did basically nothing to address their relatively poor running or uh, offensive line um, so that's what really basically makes me want to temper expectations on this team for the time being. So really as much as I love Trubisky, there's going to be rumblings. If he just has like the slightest stumble at all, uh, Mitch, he's already had a pretty bad reputation for the way he played in Chicago, uh, Chicago. 
Uh, I don't know why I was going to say it like that, but that's how my brain said it. Um, <laughs> and there was little to no help on that team. So I don't think Trubisky's bad, but he also hasn't done anything yet. I mean, he had an okay year, Joe. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, but I don't know. I, I see this QB room as an upgrade to the lifeless Big Ben, but I just don't think we can really call this quite an upgrade at this point. Um, I think the picket rumblings are going to be, Trubisky's most likely going to be the starter uh, and then picket. I just, they're going to be rumblings of him coming in and I don't really have faith in him starting yet. So I really hope that Trubisky's starting at this point, but um, anyway, um, so QB situation kind of touched on, we got Najee Harris, Benny Snell, McFarland. So no help behind Najee Harris, but uh, at this point, Najee Harris is like the only no brainer on, on this team for me. Uh, he's a bona fide star. If you want to take him at one, I get it. Like he put on 15 extra pounds for some reason. Uh, we might see a new Jerome Bettis here. Uh, other running backs, they're handcuffs and they're nothing more. I don't, unless I, I don't see anyone on there. The wide receivers actually scare me a little bit. Um, Deontay Johnson deservedly. So is ranked uh wide receiver 15 or 17, depending on what you're looking at. Um, Claypool is ranked a lot lower and he, I think he dropped like 30 points, uh, from last year. But my thing about Deontay Johnson is I personally love him as a player, but I just don't think we can – I don't think I'm going to have him on many of my teams this year because of where he's at. There's a lot of wide receivers there, and Trubisky and Pickett throwing the ball around. I'm not super excited. I think it's a, a good gamble. If he slips down ADP about five picks, I think I'd be pretty excited about him. Um, but as for uh, kind of some sleepers, Chase Claypool and Pickens are both uh, wide receiver 43 and 68, uh, respectively, Claypool and Pickens. And those two I like for my team because I don't have to pay much for them. And I don't even like Claypool personally. I'm going to get that out of the way. Um, but I just like them because they're low ADP. Pickens, obvious, a rookie. He's probably going to boost up once the draft comes around. Um, and then uh, our boy tight end, Pat Freermuth, is uh, another no-brainer, I guess, in, in, a, in a way. He's actually tight end 11, which is wild for a guy who just got out of the shadow of Eric Ebron. But um, Freermuth, in my opinion, I'm not saying he's going to be. I'm saying he could be a top five tight end, especially with what the targets that Juju and James Robinson leave behind. Um, I don't expect Claypool and Pickens to take all of them. And I think Freermuth, I don't really think there's a backup tight end on the team. So anything about the offense guys. Jordan. Um, I've said something about Chase Claypool on my last episode, but I just think that people are, they think that he took a step back, but I mean, he basically had identical seasons minus the touchdowns. And I think we all know that nine touchdowns on 62 receptions as a rookie was an outlier. So I don't think he really took a step back this last year, um, personally. So I just think that if you thought if you were high on Claypool coming out of 2020, you should still be high on Claypool in 2021. That's that's my only commentary. I think Deontay Johnson's awesome, but he's Big Ben's not there anymore. And as a Steelers fan, I know what Big Ben does, and he just finds his guy and he gives him 169 targets. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? I don't think that Kenny, I don't think Mitchell Trubisky's gonna go out there and give him 169 targets. Um, yeah. And I don't know, I don't know anything about Kenny Pickett. So long term, I think they're both very talented receivers. Short term. I'm drafting Claypool because he's dirt cheap. I'm not drafting Deontay Johnson. He is extremely high, even on underdog. Um, I'll just take Claypool in his eight or 900 yards and his six or seven touchdowns. 
you know, as my wide receiver five or six. And I share your sentiment there because, Josh, sorry to interrupt, but Trubisky, he's a good quarterback, but the reason Big Ben was effective, especially with Deontay Johnson last year, was just how fast he got the ball out. I mean, he knew where he was going right away with it. Trubisky is not that guy. So if they didn't improve the line at all, which they may have a little bit, they added some guys, but – Trubisky's going to struggle and Deontay Johnson, you know, being five, eight is not going to do him any justice there. I think Claypool is your guy here for Trubisky. And I think Fryermuth is your guy for Trubisky. I think Fryermuth is going to have a huge year. Mitch Trubisky loved his tight ends. Jimmy Graham, I think was a top 10 tight end. Um, Trubisky's last year in Chicago. So definitely something to keep an eye on with Fryermuth and uh, the talents there. So I'm, I'm really high on Fryermuth this year. I think what will help, and I'll let Billy get to this because I know he's probably got something to say, uh, but Claypool and Fryermuth are basically just going to be that blanket for him because Claypool yeah. is a big dude. Fryermuth, we know, is a big guy. Um, I, I'm, I'm worried about the Deontay Johnson situation. It's kind of about how you feel like about DJ Moore, Joe. Like, I don't think that the, the like, targets will be there. I don't think it's – I just – it's just the ADP being high. I actually like him as a player, and I, I'd like to see what happens, but – Let's see what Trubisky is before I'm paying a third-round pick for him. I think the most free person on this team right now is Calvin Austin. So they have George Pickens slotted in as the slot receiver. Why? George Pickens is 6'3". He's going to be probably on the outside. He's a jump ball receiver. Your slot guy is going to be Calvin Austin. That's It's 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 simple. I mean, he is a very quick, speedy, out-of-the-backfield I mean, he might even like return kicks and stuff. I, that that I don't know yet if he's going to do that. Maybe that could concern you, but um, I think that's the guy that you, you could get for free on this roster, and you will end up getting a little bit of dividends on that. I'm not saying take him in the first like I'm talking at the end of the draft, like your last like couple picks. I would throw one out towards him because I think he might end up being the third targeted wide receiver on this team over George Pickens. And that's just because of the placement he plays on the field. I don't think he's going to be on because they have him slotted behind, um, I think, Claypool right now. I, I think they have that flip-flop. I think Pickens is behind Claypool, and then you're going to put um, Calvin Austin in the slot. Could be a free little point getter right there. Didn't Calvin Austin primarily play outside at Memphis, though? He did. He did. But I think if if why they drafted him was to play the slot. In my opinion, yeah, I think. I mean, he was absolutely burning those cornerbacks at the Senior Bowl, so it was definitely impressive to watch. So something to keep an eye on there. Um, my my only thing on Calvin Austin, and I'm not trying to counteract your uh, argument, but in redraft, unless you have a large bench, I don't think you're going to have the roster for him. There's a lot of receivers out there, but it is someone to keep an not eye on. Yeah, man, I'm talking about by the time by the time we get to camp news, just watch. Just watch. I'm talking right now. You can get him for free, but by the time you get to camp news and they have his position ironed out in that offense, I think you're going to be able to get him at the end of your drafts. Mitch Trubisky loved Tariq Cohen, and Calvin Austin's like the same size as him. Fair. Think about it. All right, Pete Cohen. Anyway, uh, let's get into a little defense here. Um, we'll talk up. We'll touch on TJ Watt, but honestly, he doesn't compare to Miles Garrett, so I don't know if we should talk about it. <laughs> um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, honestly, the the disrespect this man gets, he is he should be the number one dra- uh, number one pick in IDP. Uh, I don't understand why he's overall nine. I mean, I can understand three or four. Uh, technically, edge number one, unless you count Parsons. This is according to PFF, uh, but. I'd personally take him number one. Um, and then the linebackers gets a little hairy. 
Um, Devin Bush, Miles Jack, Highsmith. Uh, Miles Jack's had three of the last four years with 100 tackles, so I think that's the guy you want. Devin Bush has had some slightly underwhelming uh, years, and Highsmith actually kind of took a step up last year, but they're right around that 70 tackle range, both of them. So I'm not saying don't draft them. I'm just saying don't reach for them. Devin Bush, I feel like, always goes really high because of his name. Uh, people get really excited about a rookie linebacker and then they just stay on him for three years, even though, even if it doesn't happen. So not saying don't draft him. I like him. I just don't get too excited. I'd rather have Highsmith right at the moment. Uh, and then we were going to talk about to it, but uh, he's gone. So Cameron Hayward, actually a really solid defensive tackle. I'm not sure if he still plays kind of edge tackle, uh, but he's had some stellar years for a big guy out there. A uh, good guy to look for, you know, in a few rounds after a few rounds have gone by. And then, uh, their safeties, I'm not super stoked on. They're both good, and they're both like fantasy relevant on at times, but they also are a little inconsistent. Mika Fitzpatrick's obviously the better one, and Terrell Edmonds got re-signed, I think, for another year deal. Um, I like Mika Fitzpatrick a lot. I just feel like what he what he could be, Bill. You know, if he if he just you know if they gave him uh, like 40 carries a game, I think Mika Fitzpatrick would be great. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to do that. I don't know why. What <laughs> no, I... the game for a free safety, eh? That would be something to watch. <laughs> He's a very athletic player. I just feel like it's one of those names that gets overhyped uh, because of his name. It's like people drafting Richard Sherman because his name's Richard Sherman and he's the best corner in the league. Nick Chubb sometimes, too. So Man, we're good. not going to have any podcast listeners after this episode. Like <laughs> some of the takes we've been firing off in here have just been absolutely that bad. What are you talking about? I don't care. I had a, I suffered through the Brown season last year. Believe me, I've watched plenty of Nick Chubb. It, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Um, I quickly, I mean, you guys don't need to hear it from me. All all Steelers defensive players are in play for weekly starters. Um, literally the number one defensive line player last year in 2021 was TJ Watt. The number two defensive line player last year was Cameron Hayward. All right. I don't know if a lot of people realize that three was Aaron Donald and then four was Nick Bosa. Five was miles Garrett. Um, so you have two Steelers defensive line players finishing one and two overall. That is not the first time they have both finished top 12 either. So you already know that the linebackers, Devin Bush, I talked about him in the last show. It is, a uh, I'm, it's a buy low or sell low, and it's really up to you because it's not really something you want to have on your team, I don't really think, if you have him. So that's kind of where I think a lot of people are with him, and I'm fine with that. I don't think we're going to get the upside we thought we would get with him when it was like him and Devin White were kind of in that same conversation. Well, in your, it, in your opinion, real quick, who's taking Stefan to its spot? Is it going to be Louder Milk? Is it going to be the new kid, I Marvin Leal? I hope it's louder. Louder milk too. Will, is pretty good. I will buy a louder milk jersey if he's he has some big games left. And the thing is, the Steelers' defensive line is pretty deep too. Like, there's a couple other guys on the team that can they can come out there and play. Um, but I think louder milk's the one who's kind of earned that right. Didn't they draft Cameron Hayward's brother too? His younger brother. They throw that one out, and we don't know. I think they did. They did. Um, next, so now his Connor dad is Hayward. right there. Cameron Hayward's play there, and his brothers now play there. Yeah, because that was the thing. They have multiple brothers that have played on that team. They have the running back and then Terrell Edmonds, the safety. They have T.J. Watt, and they have um, – um, It's Connor, Derek, by the way. There's a case Derek Hayward, Watt. unrelated. Derek Watt, yeah. And then they have both of the uh, Hayward brothers on the team now, too. He is a 
fourth. So I think there's a chance he was a late kind of pick, but I think there's a chance he could end up being one of those guys. Because the other thing the Steelers do do is they develop their defensive line players outside of TJ Watt. There's usually a lot of kind of rotation or bring guys in late. Like last year, what they did with Highsmith or two years ago, like they drafted him, but he didn't just play a lot. They brought in Melvin Ingram, et cetera. So I think that it could be any number of guys this year, but I think Ladder Milk probably his best chance. And as far as defensive backs, Minka Fitzpatrick, he had his best year at defensive back this last year. Um, so I think the name value kind of finally caught up with his actual value. Now where I will agree with you, Josh, is <clears throat> I think his value is kind of at an all-time high because the name value for people that have known about him plus the actual value of people who had him this year and he put it up his first top 12 season. I think it's a good moment to maybe pivot off of him as a sell. And then like, you know, it's dynasty come back around to him in a year or two, you know, when he goes back to being DB 27 this year, you know what I mean? So that's kind of where I'm at with that whole defense. And there's some guys we missed, but we'll, we'll get, we'll get to that other stuff later, but that's kind of where I'm at with all those guys. So Terrell Edmonds as well. He had one of his better years. I think that he's, but he's a strong safety. That's not, good at necessary great at anything he's kind of good at all the stuff but he's not great at anything so that kind of sucks for what they spent on him so that's he's had some really okay years for sure uh and i wasn't trying to hate on minka fitzpatrick i know he had a really good year i just really it hurts me to see a, a guy like that go that high and then you, you you draft him and then you're like shit there was other players there mm-hmm. okay well the over-under for the steelers is seven and a half I think that's about right. After I'm gonna take the over, this team. I'm hitting. I'm hitting the over. They're at least getting to eight and nine, if not. People nine are forget. Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky took the Bears to the to the playoffs once, twice, twice. Okay, <laughs> and that was with quick. the worst coach in football. Okay, now he's got like a, a, a consensus top three coach in football. I would have to hope to think. Um, I think so. So, yeah, I mean, he didn't bring Mitchell Trubisky on the team because he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. So, well, and um, then if, if Kenny Pickett ends up being better than Mitchell Trubisky, then there you got that win too. And so he'll like, play him exactly. He won't be like, I play. don't know what to do. I'm a new coach. My job's in jeopardy. Like, he's going to be like, This is what the fuck's going down. You mm-hmm. go over there. You stand over there. You shut the hell up. And that's okay. how it goes down. That's how it goes down in Pittsburgh. I don't know how they do it over there in Cleveland or Cincinnati or Baltimore, but I do know how they do it in Pittsburgh. So well, I would that. probably take the over here just because it's Mike Tomlin and he always seems to find a way to 500. So uh, I'm not excited year. about it, though. I'm not betting my mortgage on this one. There were people who thought the Steelers would win like six games last year. Like, what was a bad roster? Joe? They really should have looking at the uh, the way they played last year. But <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. They snaked out the wins. And they got to the playoffs by a miracle of God. All right, schedule. We got Bengals, Patriots, Browns, Jets, uh, Bills, Bucks, Dolphins, Eagles. By week, week nine. And we got Saints, Bengals, Colts, Falcons, Ravens, Panthers, Raiders, Ravens, Browns. Oof. Man, I'm barely giving them interesting schedule. Giving them eight. 
I think Ooh. they're gonna. This might be their under five hundred season, but I think they still squeak out the over under there. Well, they'll go. They'll go eight eight and one, so they will they'll barely escape. But... Oh yeah, get that tie. <laughs> they'll get that tie in there for sure. <laughs> well, and Eagles, escape. Raiders, and Colts being right in the middle there is. Oh, just that's rough. That would be amazing. That would literally be the most amazing thing ever if they oh, did go. Man, eight. I just like I think Mitch versus these teams. I'm just like, oh no. <laughs> but I still think I still think they get to eight at least, so that's over. Well, and the, the thing is, we've been talking about a lot of we've been talking about the Steelers, but honestly, I mean, their offensive identity is gonna be the run. You know what I mean? Like they took Najee in the first round last year and they gave him that work this last year. And guess what? They did win mm-hmm. their fucking games this last year. My RB2 all this the season. stuff that didn't work out. So I think that. I think we kind of buried the lead in with with them. Like they have a good running back. I think that they're going to squeak out a lot of close wins, but they think that they're going to rely on the running game pretty heavily. I didn't least bury it... the lead. I just didn't think that I needed to talk about Najee Harris for half an hour. <laughs> I figured everybody knew that he was very good. Go draft him. Probably. Well, right. I don't have him on any of my fantasy teams, so I like don't ever really think about him unless it's like best ball season. Which it is best ball season, but I still don't have many of my best ball teams either, so I need to fix it. I got them on all my fantasy teams. So seriously, damn, that's actually true. You traded me for him, Um, Joe. What are you on over under? Sorry, I didn't get it. I want uh, over because I'm I'm pulling for Mitch. Mitch And there's always the off chance that Mitch Mitch or Pickett both do great. You know what I mean? Like so that eight isn't as hard as if we're saying that they can get the eight, even if Mitch is meh. So I just realized I went over on every team, which is not going to happen. So whoops. Um oversight. What about me? You went over under over, so you're you're good. I just went over on every team, and so that's not gonna happen. No shot. Yeah. Sometimes you're wrong, so, sometimes you're right, man. Oh, I'm wrong for sure. Uh AFC North. That will be our that's our division preview. We will update the Browns as the legal parts of it unfold. Uh we've got two months of this to do, seven more weeks. So I'm sure that we will sprinkle in a little bit of, you know, the over-under when it gets finally put out, stuff like that. Um, all other 31 over-unders are out, so we will have that for every other team. Just the Browns, not quite there yet. But that is the AFC North. Go shop at the uh, Etsy shop, IDP Army. Go look at, go look into our stuff. We got a lot of good shirts in there. Uh, we're going to be adding more as more stuff happens and more catchphrases become something that we like. We will definitely make a shirt out of them. Uh, go play Underdog. Use the code IDP Army. Get your uh, deposit matched. Definitely get in on that if you're still listening this far into the podcast. We sure appreciate that. Joe, get us out of here. Good night, possums. It's been a pleasure.